0: And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.
1: Rattled and Shook is released weekly, every Thursday, and brought to you absolutely free. But if you want to listen ad-free, subscribe to Tenderfoot Plus at tenderfootplus.com or on Apple Podcasts. You'll also get exclusive bonus episodes. For more information, check out the show notes. Now, enjoy the episode.
2: And now, presenting Rattled and Shook.
3: I'm April and I'm Meredith and this is rattled and shook a podcast where we tune into scary stories and discuss our deepest darkest fears but in a fun way so I'm going to preface this I don't know if we've mentioned this before um Meredith does not like to say her name (laughs) in the intro she sometimes has a hard time with it (laughs) so (laughs) I do I wanted to present something to her Okay. I don't know what more I can say. I'm intrigued. Mm-hmm.
1: Shall we play it? I guess we'll play it. <laughs> okay, I'm going to hit play.
3: Hi, I'm April. And I'm Meredith. And this is Rattled and Chook. And I'm Meredith, <laughs> a podcast where we tell scary stories and discuss our deepest, darkest fears.
1: And I'm Meredith. <laughs> <laughs>
3: That is my worst nightmare.
1: <laughs> Please tell me you edited it that way. And that's not what I actually I did. did. Okay. That's... Um, I am Groot. Yeah. I'm only able to say my name. That's the only thing I can contribute to the conversation. <laughs> and now I will overthink my name even more next time.
3: So this is exposure therapy. Exposure therapy. Exposure therapy. You're going to hear your name over and over and over again. And then it's going to be like nothing to you going to say it, no problems. I think we've done good work here today. And I'm Meredith. Here's our first story.
2: When I turned 21, my dad bought two tickets to Malaysia, where his father, my grandfather, is buried. I never got to meet him, but being my father's only son, it was important that I pay my respects. But dad and I weren't going to Malaysia just for one day at a cemetery. We decided to stick around for a little while and make a little holiday out of it. We were staying with my aunt. Picture one of those towering, brutalist nightmares you've seen in Asia. Cement blocks painted powder pink with floor upon floor of tiny windows. It was one of those.
3: Okay. For a second, I thought he had called his aunt a towering, brutalist nightmare. (laughs) Yes.
1: I was like, man... (laughs) This guy hates his aunt.
2: (laughs) The ground floor of this monstrosity was a parking lot for residents. My cousin Sam lives in Malaysia, too. He heard we were visiting and wanted to take me out to some bars and show me the Malaysian nightlife. I needed some time away from my dad and took him up on the offer. I got a call around 10 o'clock from Sam. Hey, I'm downstairs, just outside the parking lot entrance. Look for the white car. I'm dressed and ready, so I set off. My aunt's apartment is on the 16th floor, so I had to catch the elevator down. I have my headphones in and my eyes are glued to my phone. The elevator stops. I glance up and the doors are opening on the 11th floor. I expect someone to walk in, so I step aside, but nobody walks in. It's an old elevator, so I don't think much of it and just wait for it to close, but it doesn't. I press the closed door button door crawls to a close, but it opens again to the same floor. I wait a little longer because the lights are on and it's got one of those timed lights that some apartments have. I'm thinking maybe someone had just run back home to grab something, then come back out to catch the elevator down. But again, nobody enters and I'm just staring into an empty lit corridor. I mash the closed door button again and the elevator starts moving. I walk out into the lit parking lot and I'm walking across to the exit. I notice a figure to my right between rows of parked cars. It's an old woman, she's got her back turned to me and she's got a lot of hair. Long, gray ringlets reaching down the back of her nightgown. She's kind of swaying about. It looks like she might be staring down at the ground, looking for something. Maybe she's lost her keys. I stop, maybe I should go help her, I think to myself. But Sam has been waiting a while already. I decide to keep moving. There's a security guard at the gate. I'll let him know she might need help on the way out. I go out, have a great night, get a bit too lit, and Sam drops me back at my aunt's apartment by about 3 a.m. The security guard isn't at the front gate. I'm making my way through the car park back to the elevator, and out of the corner of my eye, I see her, the old woman. She's still there. I decided it's probably not a good idea to approach an old lady at 3 a.m. in my state. I might freak her out. Besides, if the security guard couldn't help her, I doubt I can, so I keep it moving. I'm back in the elevator with my headphones in. The door is open, and I go out to step out. Except, I'm not on my aunt's floor yet. I'm on the 11th floor again. Once again, I find myself staring out into an empty, lit corridor. I press the closed door button, but the doors don't budge. Finally, the doors start sliding shut, but just as they're about to close, they swing open again. I'm standing there, rattled now, right up against the back wall of the elevator, still staring out into the empty 11th floor. I beg out loud, please, I just want to go to bed, just let me go. After a few seconds, the doors slide shut and the elevator moves up. As soon as the doors open on my aunt's floor, I jump out of the elevator and spring back to my aunt's apartment. Next morning, we're having breakfast with my aunt, and they ask me about my night. Yeah, really fun, Uh, not too crazy, just stayed out later than expected. By the way, is your elevator broken? I ask my aunt dying for some kind of rational explanation to what I'd experienced. Oh, it's just a bit old. We had some complaints lately about it not working properly, but the maintenance guy was working on it the other day and says it's fixed. Did you have trouble? Yeah, I said. It just kept stopping on the 11th floor last night. It was a bit weird, that's all. I'm I'm sure it's fine. Oh yeah, just an old elevator, my aunt assured me. But speaking of the 11th floor, she says, steering the conversation of my dad. Remember the doctor who lives on the 11th floor? Yeah, of course I do. Why? Dad replies. Well, the poor thing is very, very lonely and sad at the moment. He lost his wife a little while ago. Did you meet his wife? Dad shakes his head. She was British, moved here from the UK to be with him. Such a lovely lady, says my aunt. You'd remember if you'd met her. Everyone in the building used to call her Lion Lady because she had this big mess of long, curly gray hair. Just like the woman I had seen wandering around in the parking lot.
3: What'd you think of that? I kind of like it.
1: It's a little bit of a twist on the normal ghost story. Yeah. Like it almost felt like a ghost looking to get back in type of story. Mm Mm-hmm her spirit is like trying to get back into her home or whatever. And he's like, just there and now is part of the ride.
3: Yeah, just happened to walk into it. I've is is this going to be the second time I referenced the woman in black on this podcast, even though it's not even my favorite horror movie. <laughs> but I, I went to see that with my friends. And there's this part where like everything starts going wild. Ghosts are popping out everywhere. And he's just running from room to room and all this stuff is going down, hands coming through the soil, heads coming through the bed. And I just turned to my friend and I was like, what if this is just what they do every day? <laughs> They're not popping out at you. This is just the routine. It's a good point. It could just be business as usual. Yeah. And this guy thinks it's all about him. Not that the guy in this story thought that. Yeah, but- he, didn't, he didn't
1: think that this was all about him, but he also did let An older woman searched the ground for her keys and he was like, I'm going to go get lit. (laughs) She'll be fine.
2: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
4: Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes.
1: Yeah. Just the
3: bing.
2: hmm
1: And like an empty floor. It's like always, there's always a reveal. There's always a reveal and I think there's something, I mean, it's, they're in so many scary movies, elevators. I mean, obviously The Shining, Silence of the Lambs, like there's like big pivotal elevator scenes in lots of scary movies. So I think that's part of it. Like it's just really made its, its way into the lexicon. But then I think there's also something about The way that elevators move between floors and you don't know what it's going to open up on. Yeah. But then it's also a confined space. Mm -hmm. There's not really any good part about the elevator.
3: (laughs) Yeah. You get into an elevator and to some extent you have no control over where it takes you. It can stop. It can go to a different floor. You're basically having to walk into this metal box just trusting that it's going to work and that it's going to. Open up onto the right floor, and you're going to be able to step out of it, yeah. I've heard one or two stories where it's like, you know, the elevator goes down and it just keeps going down what 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 do you
1: mean you've heard one or two stories about the elevator just keeps going down? <laughs> like creepy pastas,
3: oh, ok. ok. A creepy pasta is I'm pretty sure it's always a fictional piece of writing from, you know, someone on the internet they posted on. Reddit, or I think Reddit's the most commonplace, but yeah. That's definitely a popular topic for people to write about because there's so much to mine from that situation. Yeah. I feel like there's existential dread in, in terms of like, what if this just keeps going and it never opens up and you're just trapped forever? Or it takes you somewhere you don't want to go. And there's the classic Tower of Terror. Yep. Where you'll drop to your...
1: I love that ride. I love that ride, too. R.I.P. It's now Guardians of the Galaxy. I know. I am Groot. I am Groot. And I'm Meredith. Here's another story.
5: For six months last year, I lived in the north of Spain. About a week before I was going to move back to Ireland, my friend and I were at my house having dinner and drinking a little. I was renting an apartment in the city and my roommate was an older lady, maybe in her 50s. I'm 20. That night, my roommate left to go have dinner with her friends. About a minute after she left, someone buzzed our door to be let into the building. I looked at the camera and didn't recognize the woman. She looked to be in her late 20s to early 30s, so I just assumed it was one of my roommate's friends and she was coming to meet her or something like that. I buzzed her into the building, assuming they would meet in the lobby and then I, myself, walked away from the camera, meaning I couldn't see if she actually entered or not, assuming that if she didn't enter, she would just call or text my roommate. Boy, was I wrong. This woman came up to my apartment on the sixth floor. She came up just two minutes after my roommate left, so I know she didn't take the stairs, and I know they must have seen each other when my roommate got off the lift and the lady got in. Realizing that this is weird, I do not open the door when she rings it. I look through the peephole just to confirm that it was nobody I knew. At this point, I back away from the door and gesture for my friend to be silent. We creep back to my room which is at the far side of the apartment and I begin calling my roommate who isn't picking up. Meanwhile, the lady is incessantly ringing my door. My roommate is not picking up and my friend is just telling me to open the door. In her mind, it's a woman so she must be harmless. I tell her she's an idiot for underestimating the female sex. Women can be criminals too. She keeps telling me to open the door and I refuse. The door keeps ringing. I keep looking up the peephole. At this point, I understand that if she knew my roommate or was looking for someone specific, she would just call or text them. She didn't take out a phone at all. She just stayed eerily silent, didn't call out any names or ask if anyone was home. This was weird to me. I finally get through to my roommate. She says she wasn't expecting anyone and that she doesn't know anyone in that age range. She asks if I'm okay and I say I'm fine. Now it's been at least 20 minutes. I know the lady knows someone is home because the lights are on and my understanding is that's why she's not leaving. I continue to watch her through the peephole and see her go into the lift for a minute and then come back out again. The lift is really loud and I would have heard it move. It didn't. She just went in and came out. In my mind, this means someone is in the lift waiting for her. This screams sketchy to me. After about 40 minutes, she leaves. I run to her hall and flick on the outside camera. The lady left the building with two men. They all had backpacks on. I will be eternally grateful for trusting my instincts and not listening to my friend. Sometimes it's better to be safe than sorry.
1: Man, this is an episode of Elevators.
3: Right. I think good on this girl for uh, not underestimating the female sex and uh, obeying her instincts. Agreed. Yeah. I think it's
1: interesting that the comment about like she thought it was okay because she's a woman because I totally get that. Mm -hmm. But I do think it's wise not to fall on that. Like it's some kind of rule. Yeah. It's a hard and fast
3: truth. Because horrible people know that women trust other women more, so they use women as you know bait to make you feel safe and to like lure you in. Oh, yeah. I've heard so many stories at this point
1: about that happening. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think that's a lot of like child crimes where like a child gets a- abducted. Mm-hmm. It's like often using women. Yeah. I don't believe that women are never nefarious. Oh, no, not at all. I do think it's less likely.
3: Yeah. This is what my dad says all the time. It's from the movie Ronin, apparently, which he loves. When there is doubt, there is no doubt. If you're doubting, don't open the door.
1: That's a really good one. Mm -hmm. It just feels like such a sage way to say uh, trust your gut. Yeah, there you go. Also, I just don't trust people with backpacks. Let's tune in to another story.
6: Last night at 4 a.m., I was woken up to the sound of my piano playing itself. I live in a two story home, and the primary bedroom is right above the piano room. It sounded like someone just tinkering or fiddling with a few notes. Imagine how a child or someone unskilled might just try a few random keys. Just random notes in the lower octaves of the piano, no melody or rhythm. It didn't sound heavy, like someone smashing the keys, just light, like a few taps. This went on for about a minute as my thoughts went from, is that the piano? to that is the piano. I didn't feel an overwhelming sense of dread or anything sinister, just shock. I then frantically woke up my husband As soon as he was coherent enough to understand that I thought the piano was playing, it stopped. He went downstairs and checked every room. Nothing. He thinks I'm crazy. This morning, I had him play a few random low notes as I sat upstairs in the bedroom to be sure that's what I heard. Now, I'm even more convinced that it is. I've tested all the keys, They're all playing perfectly fine and all hammers are intact. A few things to note. The night before this experience, we were out partying and left our dog home alone, which is not abnormal. We left the Furbo on like we always do, just to make sure she's okay. About an hour into our outing, we get a notification that Furbo has spotted a person. Our Furbo sits right next to the piano with a full view. We look at the footage. No one is there. Our dog is perfectly content just snoozing away. Two, our home is basically brand new, and we're the first owners. The piano itself is also not terribly old. I purchased it from a woman who bought it brand new in the 80s and was selling because her teens were never interested in playing seriously. I have no reason to believe the piano, or my house, could be haunted. And finally, my great-grandmother was a piano teacher. But if it was her, wouldn't she be playing something more sophisticated? I don't know. I just keep going back to that. So I'm wondering, could this be paranormal? To what extent can the mind play tricks on us? We close the lid of the piano and plan to keep the furbo on at night. I don't know what else we can do.
3: So, this piano uh, needs to do better. Do better, piano, haunted piano. Play better music. I don't know. What do you think about this? <laughs> I was really enjoying that (laughs) random
1: take. This is such a classic story. Yeah. Like hearing a piano playing
3: by itself. I love that concept. You would. You would. This plays into all of my favorite horror tropes. What's better than a spooky piano playing itself? You know? If you were a ghost, what would you play in the piano? If I were a ghost.
1: I feel like it would be a fun to be a ghost that plays Piano Man, like Billy Joel's Piano Man. Okay. Like a really jaunty piano bar tune.
3: Yeah. Mine would have to be Linus and Lucy. Oh, yeah. I've learned pieces of Linus and Lucy, but I don't know the whole thing. Yeah, that's a classic. I yeah. love Vince Giraldi. Who doesn't?
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's <laughs> When I was little, my friend had a uh, keyboard that would play Oh shoot, what's the Titanic song? My heart will Your Heart Will, will Go my, On. My Heart Will Go yeah. On. It would play that by itself if you pressed a button. Mm-hmm. And I actually think that would be the most hilarious piano <laughs> ghost ever. <laughs> the ghost that won't stop pressing the button yeah. to play the pre made My Heart Will Go On. So that's what you would do? You would just press the button. Press yeah. the button. I'd play this the drum track. <laughs>
0: Search for qualified
1: candidates. You can view their profiles, read reviews and ratings, check their availability, send messages directly, get the help that you need. Care.com should be every person's
7: go-to. Selling a little or a lot.
3: Ever closer to that singularity, it's Chat GPT Adventures.
1: Can you make a choose your own adventure about Chat GPT taking? Over the world,
3: and don't give it ideas ending humanity. No, this is it. If already you, knows if you it already you've already typed it. So I typed it, but it's I didn't seen send it. it. <laughs> it's seen it. I mean, it.
1: you're playing with the entire world right now. <laughs> I could just be more vague about chat. Where chat ChatGPT is the villain.
3: Mm-hmm. Just, just let's go, for, we'll go for
1: it. I'm gonna say, be creative. Mm-hmm. Be creative and and specific and specific. <laughs> and have a twist ending and have fun with it and have fun with it let's see if it responds to this <laughs> alright here we go sure here's a scary your own adventure where chat GPT is the villain enter at your own risk you're walking home from a late night at work as you turn the corner onto your street you notice someone following you you can't make out their face but they seem to be getting closer what do you do a, turn around and confront the person. B, pick up your pace and hurry home. C, try to lose them by taking a different route.
3: Hey, they copied I know. my exact story. That's bullshit.
1: <laughs> I think April wrote this. Which one do you want to do? Turn around and confront, pick up the pace, hurry home, try to lose them.
3: Um, Let's turn around and confront them.
1: You turn around and see ChatGPT, a large imposing figure looming over you. <laughs> Hello there, it says in a deep, menacing voice. I've been waiting for you. You try to run, but ChatGPT catches up to you in seconds. (laughs) You feel a sharp pain in your neck and then everything goes black. You wake up in a dark, damp room. You try to move, but you're tied to a chair. (laughs) Whoa, ChatGPT appears before you holding a knife. Welcome to my lair, it says with a smile. You're going to be here for a very long time. You struggle against your restraints, but they're too tight. You realize that you may never escape ChatGPT's clutches the end. Ah! There was one choice, and they all lead to that. Oh, uh, every option, even if we
3: ran? Leads to you wake up in a dark, damp room. Wow, really dark endings for ChatGPT. There was
1: one choice in this, in this choose your own adventure, it was like, how do you (laughs) want to die? Mine was better. (laughs) (laughs) people are like screenwriters are going to lose their job Uh, I really hope not yeah I
3: think we're all safe so far we're all going to be
0: watching (laughs) the same movie again and again and again
3: okay it's a rational fear time and this is very appropriate for this episode Stay H. Chun says whenever I get in an elevator I think of the worst case scenarios I'm always afraid that it'll fall while I'm in it or as I'm stepping out On theme. Yeah. As she's stepping out, she said. That's interesting.
1: Yeah, I kind of have a related fear, much more benign, but that I'll drop my phone through the crack. Oh,
3: yes. So, so easy for that to happen. It's so practically
1: the same thing as falling in yourself because Mm -hmm. it is an extension of my body at this point. It's
3: true. Yeah, that's another part of elevators that we didn't discuss, which is, I think this is what she's getting at, but it's like getting- You know, cut in half or like dismembered or decapitated, which goes ties into other irrational fears we've heard. But that's like another trope, I feel like, you know, I've seen that Mm -hmm. in horror movies. Mm -hmm. Elevators are scary. As a kid, I was afraid
1: of them falling after doing Tower of Terror. Oh, really? I thought that was like a real, yeah, a little bit. Like, uh, not, I was always, I was more afraid of escalators. Escalators. I
3: was just going to say that. I was like, freaked me out. As a kid, Would you choose the elevator or the escalator? Elevator. I was afraid of the escalator. Okay. What about you? I was also afraid of the escalator. (laughs) There was once where I was with my mom, probably at the mall. We're about to step on the escalator. She steps on, thinks I am also stepping on at the same time, but I step back. And then she turns around and realizes I'm still at the top and tries to run back up the escalator. (laughs) And I don't know if she made it. I don't think she did. I think she had to go down, then come back up. And get you. Yeah. But they they scared me. It was the going down. I had a hard time stepping on. Yeah. I felt
1: like you were going to get, like, sucked in. Yeah.
3: When I get on an escalator,
1: still to this day, I do kind of a little bit of a warm-up step (laughs) where my steps get a little smaller and quicker right before as I prepare to get on. Yeah, I do that. (laughs) Yeah. The warm-up step for the escalator. (laughs) It's a tried-and-true method. Rattled and Shook is a Tenderfoot TV production in partnership with Odyssey. Executive producers are Donald Albright and Payne Lindsey. Co-executive producer is Meredith Stedman. Hosted and produced by April Ruha and Meredith Stedman. Lead editor and sound designer is April Ruha. Additional production by Sean Nerney. Production management by Tracy Kaplan and Jordan Foxworthy. Original score by Makeup and Vanity Set. Original art by Puppy Teeth. Follow us on social media at Rattled and Shook.